break 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 You're listening to Breakthrough News, and this is The Punch Out. We're following the news all day so you don't have to, giving you everything you need to know about what's in the headlines and what should be. And yes, we are back with you here on the 14th of May, 2021. Happy to be here closing out the week with you on The Punch Out. We've got plenty for you, as we always do here on the show. We're going to be talking about Colombia's resistance, which is rolling on. We're going to be talking about protests in Scotland that stopped a deportation in Glasgow yesterday. But before we get to either of those two important stories, we're going to start with the new CDC guidance on mass. <laughs> The U.S. Centers for Disease Control, or CDC, issued new guidance this week that fully vaccinated people can stop wearing masks in the majority of situations. This quote-unquote guidance was issued in a way that has, in fact, created a chaotic situation where the various caveats and unanswered questions have created quite a bit of confusion. And notably, the decision comes just two days after Senate Republicans attacked the CDC for being too strict on mask requirements. As the New York Times reports, the quote, CDC's new guidance said masks were no longer necessary for fully vaccinated people, regardless of the size of the gathering and whether it was indoors or outside, except in certain situations like in a doctor's office or in public transit, end quote. The CDC also noted that flying in planes, I don't know how she'd be flying, but that flying is also a place people should wear masks and that in quote unquote congregate settings like prisons and homeless shelters, masks should still be worn. Now, the issue is fraught because it blends the issue of the quote-unquote science and the imperatives of public health. There was already a consensus among epidemiologists that fully vaccinated people could gather together with little precaution indoors or outdoors and in large or small groups. The CDC, however, went further by saying that in most places, if you are fully vaccinated, you do not need to wear a mask even if many other people there are unvaccinated. Now, if you trust the vaccines... This makes sense. The CDC does indeed trust the vaccines. It's logical that if the effectiveness of the vaccine is over 90%, then there is limited risk, even if you are exposed. And I can certainly say anecdotally, I know people who have been vaccinated and exposed. And by that, I mean continuous contact with a member of their household who had COVID-19. And they themselves have not gotten COVID-19. Certainly a brief in favor of the vaccines. The problem is not everyone is vaccinated. And we really have no way of knowing who is or who isn't. Relaxing the guidance means relaxing the mandates, which also means many people who are not vaccinated will forego masks, which could actually increase the spread of COVID. On top of that, the vaccines are not 100% effective. So a vaccinated person exposed to, say, one person, okay. But what if you were exposed to 150 non-vaccinated people at a large event like a concert or something? Clearly, your overall chance of being in the small number of vaccinated people who get it is going to go up. So the CDC isn't wrong on the science per se, but clearly their guidance clears the way for people who were probably already ignoring most medical guidance so far to act in ways that could worsen the public health emergency. And that, of course, perhaps even paradoxically, is exactly what this guidance is all about. 
as openly stated by Washington State Governor Jay Inslee, who said uh, his state was immediately integrating the guidance into their policy. He's told the press, quote, this is a really good reason to get vaccinated. That shot is a ticket to freedom from mass, end quote. So when you take a step back, when the CDC is not made up of, of dumb people, the CDC knows this will put a ton of pressure on states and cities to end mask mandates, or at least alter them to state that they apply only to those who are fully vaccinated. They also know that this will make vaccinated people concerned because they want to ditch the mask, but because of what I talked about just before, they may be hesitant to do so. They also know that the most likely result of all of this is that businesses will start offering preferential access to things to people who can prove they are fully vaccinated. And this will, of course, prod unvaccinated people to get vaccinated because they, too, will want to do these things. So in sum, the CDC guidance is aimed at another public health goal, finding ways to get more people vaccinated more quickly. It does, however, raise another public health question. Whether you need to wear the mask or not, there is a question of whether you should. Clearly, masks and other hygienic practices, like all of us constantly washing our hands and sanitizing our hands, has obviously had a significant impact on the issue of the flu and the common cold and so on and so forth. So however annoying wearing a mask is to many of us, there is a case to be made that we need to have a deeper conversation about how our collective efforts can, in fact, keep us healthier even beyond COVID-19. I'm not calling for anything in particular. I mean, I certainly count myself among those happy to take a mask off, but we can't dodge the conversation about whether or not the so-called return to normal, quote unquote, is in fact the best way to proceed. We obviously need a deeper conversation about public health and healthcare practices. So while the CDC guidance doesn't seem irresponsible, it shouldn't mean that we look past the real challenges remaining with COVID and public health in general. Well, those were the sounds of people celebrating in Glasgow, Scotland yesterday at the end of a protest where hundreds of people prevented a deportation after a seven-hour standoff with police. The major Scottish newspaper, The National, put the issue on its front page this morning with the headline, quote, Glasgow 1, Team UK 0, People Power Forces Despicable Home Office to Back Down, end quote. And the incident arose after UK, UK immigration authorities attempted to detain two men in Glasgow from India on uh, suspicion of immigration offenses. For much of the past decade, the Conservative Party government in the UK has been pushing much more aggressive policies against immigrants. As former Prime Minister Theresa May said when she was Home Secretary, the goal was to create here in Britain a really hostile environment for illegal migration. I'll just say that again. The goal was to create here in Britain a really hostile environment for illegal migration. Hmm. And the point being there that people would either to take a page here from Mitt Romney's playbook, that people would ultimately quote unquote self-deport and or just not come because they would see, oh, well, there's a quote unquote hostile environment. However, in the UK, EU, and the US, it has been clearly seen that harsh policies do not, in fact, stop people from fleeing death, violence, and poverty for obvious reasons. That is, they are seeking survival. 
The issue has been a big flashpoint in Scotland in particular, where the majority of people support more compassionate immigration policies than those that are being pursued by the UK government. And the Scottish National Party, which has a majority in the regional legislature, has made more control over those policies a big issue and was celebrating the actions that took place at the Glasgow protest. As word of the potential for these two men to be deported grew early in the morning, hundreds gathered. Many were chanting, these are our neighbors. They were blocking an immigration van that had uh, was holding the two men from leaving. The van just couldn't leave because there were hundreds of people. One person actually just put themselves under the van, preferring to be run over than allow it to move. People had mobilized so quickly because Glasgow already has an established network to let people know about these quote-unquote dawn raids, as they are known, and to mobilize that support for immigrants. Police Scotland were called to the scene. They didn't really accomplish much of anything at all, though. And ultimately, the Scottish cops decided to release the two men pending an investigation into home office claims that they broke immigration law. And again, that's why at the outset of this, you heard people cheering and clapping. It was the end of that seven-hour standoff. The protests underlined stark differences on this issue between the conservative government and many people across the UK. Certainly, it seems a majority of people in Scotland and Wales, for that matter, who have uh, put in their regional parliaments parties who are critics of these policies. But also inside of England as well, there's a substantial minority very critical of this hostile environment policy. Now, of course, harsh immigration policies are popular with many people as well. And just like in the United States and Europe, there is a potent divide among the population about how to address mass immigration. But one thing is, however, for sure, resistance like this will almost certainly make it impossible for the Tories to fully create a quote-unquote hostile environment for immigrants, despite the heavy hand of the state. And those were sounds from protests in Colombia on May 12th, where a mass uprising has now gone on for over 15 days. What was supposed to be a two-day national strike has morphed into a massive nationwide movement that has the government of Colombia distinctly on the defensive. And the protests on the 12th, part of a national day of protest, were called because talks broke down between the Duque government and strike leaders. And as news outlet People's Dispatch reports, about the issue of the character of these protests, quote, workers demanded immediate measures to alleviate growing unemployment and inequality. Teachers and students demanded a greater budget for science and research and related infrastructure. Doctors and other healthcare professionals demanded the withdrawal of the Bill 010 that further deepens the privatization of the healthcare industry in the country. The peasants and agricultural workers demanded an end to the exploitation by big companies and an agrarian reform to guarantee food sovereignty and a dignified life for peasant communities. Indigenous and Afro-descendant communities demanded protection and security for their leaders and respect and recognition for their rights. Women and diverse gender people demanded actions against femicides, assassinations, of transgender people as well. The former combatants of the Revolutionary Armed Forces of Colombia, or FARC, and members of the Communes Party demanded compliance with the 2016 peace agreement and cessation of the genocide of ex-guerrillas, end quote. And again, that's from People's Dispatch. The protests on the 12th were met, like the protests so far every day here, with mass repression by Colombian authorities, including a chilling report that came last night of a young woman who was sexually assaulted by the police who after that incident, after she was released from detention, committed suicide. 
According to local human rights groups, quote, between April 28th and May 10th, 1,956 cases of police brutality were registered. This includes 40 deaths, 313 victims of physical violence, 1,003 arbitrary arrests, 418 violent interventions, 28 victims with eye injuries, 129 cases of shooting with firearms, and 12 victims of sexual violence, end quote. This repression has clearly failed to quell the protest. In the protest epicenter of Cali, despite thousands of cops and army troops, authorities seem to have lost full control over the city and are in fact forced to negotiate with protest leaders over the entry of goods into the city. Duque's government is floundering amidst their failed crackdown and already two cabinet members have resigned. Duque, after much pressure, met with strike leaders, but is unwilling to make serious concessions. But despite that, he's been giving a lot of press conferences saying he's willing to make concessions to try to quiet the protest, both in Colombia and around the world. Duque, however, is 100% committed to the right-wing policies that people are protesting, and any concession is a recognition that his opponents were in fact correct about these policies being bad, and with some of those political forces rising in the polls ahead of next year's presidential elections, such an admission courts disaster at the ballot box for Duque and the political current he represents. It isn't clear how long this will all go on. Those participating in the uprising are not going to be bought off, bribed, tricked, or beaten into getting off the streets. That much is clear. Only real change seems to be able to do that. And with Duque doing everything possible to avoid real change, the uprising seems set to continue. And that's going to do it for us here today on this Friday on The Punch-Out. Don't forget that our patrons-only edition of The Punch-Out was also released here today. If you go to patreon.com slash breakthrough news, you can check that out. We'll be back with you again on Monday, 5 Eastern, here on The Punch-Out from Breakthrough News.